May peace be with you. If you stick around at the end, there's more information about our community and how to find us. And now, here's this week's Centering Scripture, followed by the sermon. Our scripture this morning is from Mark 8, verses 36 to 38. What would you gain if you were to win the whole world but lose yourself in the process? What can you offer in exchange for your soul? Whoever in this faithless and corrupt generation is ashamed of me and my words will find in turn that the promised one and the holy angels will be ashamed of that person when all stand before our God in glory. Oh, we're having a good time back here in person today. You know, I just pretty much um, did my sermon, right? Like, we're done. That explains it, right? Um, no, it's really like what a joy it is to be back here in person with you all. Um, to be able to make up a children's sermon on the spot. To be able to laugh and hear your responses. To be able to do a call and response. What a joy it is to be here in person. Um, so can I, since you're here, can I take a quick um, guilt-free survey? Can you raise your hand if you've joined us for worship at home through our live stream? That's awesome. Again, no guilt if you haven't done that. Because, you know, there's a lot of dialogue in clergy circles these days about the pros and the cons of virtual worship. With pros being that it allows for greater access to those with mobility issues, allows for folks traveling to stay connected to the life of the church, and it allows for folks to find us and be inspired by our ministry and mission in uniquely 21st century ways, such as social media. Indeed, I've looked into some of our viewer statistics, and I found that our services have been streamed as far away as India. That's pretty cool, right? And yet, you can also just turn it right off if you're being challenged in a way that's a little uncomfortable. You, can't, you don't just have to sit with it. Or we might decide to just be lazy when we could have come in person and watch from our couch, sort of just consuming worship, like another piece of uplifting entertainment, like an extended TED Talk. <laughs> Rather than like a meaningful dedication of our spirit. And by doing so, we might miss out on the real movement of our spirit that happens in the narthex after the service. We might find ourselves flipping between church and our favorite mobile game with no watchful eyes to guilt us into not playing Candy Crush as our interest sort of waxes and wanes throughout the service. And to do that, we might miss a meaningful chance encounter if we had instead been reaching for a bulletin in the back. By gaining access to the whole world, there are very real and valid concerns about losing the very essence of church, compassionate community. As virtual worship 
can lead to folks staying at home and isolating themselves. We miss you. I don't fault you for it, though. I want to be clear. But because, of course, faith is a personal endeavor. I remember through the pandemic, I pre-recorded everything, and I got to just sit and let worship move me in ways that probably never happen again, right? There is merit to making a commitment to stay engaged, even if that's where it ends. But when asked in Matthew 19.21, Jesus doesn't say the way to be perfect is to have a deep, personal, and independent faith. He says, sell all your possessions and come follow me. Be in relationship. Move and be moved by the beloved community. So I want to put a pin in that idea of gaining the whole world through streaming worship, but still trying to hold on to the soul of our community. I'm going to come back to that in a minute, because there's another modern example of our scripture that I wanted to lift up this morning. And it might be a bit confusing, so just hang with me. I'm going to help sort it out. Have y'all heard of Bitcoin? Yeah? Maybe? Yes? No? It's what's called a cryptocurrency. And in the last year or two, you may have heard more and more about these brand new economic models, uh, like cryptocurrency, and that use other alien terms like the blockchain, or NFTs, non-fungible tokens. These are real words. But basically, a cryptocurrency is an encrypted or secured bit of internet data that represents one unit of currency. It's literally just electronic money with no centralized bank or nation backing it. Instead, the money is monitored and organized by an open network on the internet called a blockchain, which serves as a ledger for transactions. Anyone buying, selling, transferring registers on the blockchain. And just like we have different currencies for different countries, like the dollar, the yen, the British pound, etc., cryptocurrencies have variations too that are just different electronic centralized ledgers, such as Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Ethereum. And now you may be thinking, well, that just sounds all made up. Indeed, it is. It is all made up, just like our paper money. Right? The value is determined by what people give it. And Bitcoin, for instance, the oldest, arguably, used to be cheap to buy. And over the years, as more people have bought them, they've gone up in value. Similarly, now we have NFTs, these non-fungible tokens, which is basically an electronic piece of artwork that's tied to this blockchain and can't be reproduced. It's this new kind of fad that's kind of like Beanie Babies. And people are transferring a lot of their nationally backed money, like the dollar, to these blockchain investments, buying bitcoins and NFTs, the rights to these digital picture files so no one else can own them. You can still screenshot it and share it without issue, but the rights are owned by one person. Just like you, can't, you can take a picture of the Mona Lisa, 
and share that on Facebook, but you don't own the Mona Lisa. What does any of this have to do with our scripture? <laughs> well, Jesus intentionally used the word prophet in regard to the soul as a way to connect the culture of his time to see the importance of care for our spirits. And cryptocurrencies, NFTs, and the like is our modern internet economy. And folks, it runs deep. People are making a living off of hot NFT tips, how to make a fortune on the blockchain, these kind of seminars that are popping up online. It's viewed in many economic circles as the next big step in our global economy. Being likened to things like, well, don't you wish you'd invested in Amazon when it was just an online bookstore? Or better yet, invest in Google when the internet was brand new and shares were super cheap? That mentality that if I get enough of this now, if I figure out which one is going to be the one that like takes over and I put all my eggs in that basket, well, then I'm going to be on the ground floor of the future of our global economy. And that can be all-consuming because there are so many variables and unknowns. Like I said, it's just like paper money, though. It's all made up. There's so much detail and expertise behind cryptocurrencies that what I know, honestly, is about all I've said here. And I'm pretty tech-savvy. It's confusing. And like the stock market, it's a lot of speculation that changes from day to day, week to week, that requires constant focus and attention. Where should I sell my Ethereum and go into Bitcoin? Bitcoin's down, that's a great time to buy Bitcoin and get in. It's, it can be all-consuming and easy to lose focus on how to, to focus on getting rich by getting in on the ground floor of this new revolutionary money. And while it's new and exciting for some, it's also just another human-made distraction. We made up money. We made up blockchains. We made up NFTs and cryptocurrencies, too. We made it up, just like the dollar. We made it up. So why should we care so much about it, dedicate our whole lives to it, especially when there are things that we didn't make up, like a blue sky? The wind, the ground beneath our feet, not, not that, but what's underneath it, the dirt. They're, so, they're just as worth of our time and attention, if not more so. We can't focus on everything all at once, right? We have to figure out where do we put our time and attention, our limited time and attention with our limited lives. What about love? We didn't make up love. You can see love in animals when they snuggle and protect each other. In the plants as they grow towards the sun seeking warmth. Now sure, they're not getting married. But again, that's something we made up. Love doesn't require marriage. Love, the foundation of it, that's bigger than us. It's something that moves our spirits, captures our emotions, and focuses our intellect. If we get so wrapped up in loving this idea of being rich, the things of this world, power, money, and now cryptocurrencies, 
Or even if we get so wrapped up creating the perfect streaming worship product to send all around the world with interactive chats that are never failing, that don't require two texts talking over it, trying to figure out something. If we get so consumed with that product and we may start focusing on that which we just make up as we go along and forget why we started streaming in the first place. To stay together when our lives fall apart. To allow our homes to be temples of worship. Sacred, holy spaces that invite God into our spirits. Where we reconnect to our ancestors, to our souls, our spirits. That which is bigger than we are or could ever create. For the last two years, I have spent more time preaching to a camera in an empty room than I have to li living, breathing people. Like, way more. Not because the world is changing and we want to be on the cutting edge of 21st century ministry so that we can get more members, but because since the beginning of this pandemic, we have been dedicated to caring for our neighbors and staying connected as a community. And others have found us because of our live stream. Maybe that's you right now. Hi. You get to hear the good news without being intimidated by all these scary folks right here. They're very kind. Inspired by our work and faith in action before you ever set foot in the door. And part of me wants to say, you know what, of course they have. Of course. If we're following the ministry of Christ to seek justice, love kindness, walk humbly with God, the Spirit will move for us in ways we cannot control. We need not even to do it perfectly as long as we are doing our best in faith, giving up whatever needs to be given up in order to follow that ministry. Our job is not to seek the, to gain the whole world. Our job is to retain our souls, retain that holy, unique spark that is us, living fully as we are called individually and communally, seeking to hear where we are being called next, not so we might become rich through the next big economic system that comes about and become rulers of the coming 22nd century world economy, or to become paragons of virtue in a corrupt world by this brilliant new ministry and but just to live fully, compassionately, with love, fully alive, allowing our spirits to soar, even if that means we don't gain a single member. We will have done enough if we are doing our best in faith to follow that ministry, to follow our spirits, to nurture it. 
even if we don't gain the whole world as members. That divine spark that makes you an individual is worth more than any profits that this new world of electronic capitalism has to offer. I truly believe that. This new economy that cares more about getting in on the next get-rich-quick scheme than uplifting the life-giving ministry of Christ. Love and compassion for our neighbors, ourselves, our world, our God. Because if when our lives are over, we look back having sacrificed many sacred moments of human interaction, and I hope we recognize now more than ever that human interaction is a sacred event every time it happens, even when it's hard. If we give all that up to focus on profits and gains instead of love and care, will we be proud to have gained something so fleeting or ashamed that we cared more about ourselves than our neighbors. I'll leave you with this thought. Who are the most beloved and inspiring figures in history? Those who enriched themselves and their families at all cost, or those who live with compassion and joy? May we find ourselves dedicated to living as the latter. Amen. As a church located on Lakota land in Minnetonka, Minnesota, St. Luke is a joyful, inclusive, intergenerational, and compassionate community on a spiritual journey seeking to do justice, make peace, and to walk humbly with God. We invite you to join us live for virtual worship each Sunday morning on Facebook or YouTube, or by following the worship links on our website, stluke.mn. Thanks for listening. May you go in peace.